0: This Washington Post Live podcast is sponsored by Siemens, Ingenuity
1: for Life. You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage.
0: Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchison joined the Washington Post to discuss the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on his state. Let's listen. Hello, Uh, welcome back, and welcome to Governor Asa Hutchinson of Arkansas. Is he with us?
1: I'm with you. It's great to oh, I'm be with glad you. glad to see
0: you. We're trying our best here, Governor, with all this Skype. Thanks for being here at Washington Post Live.
1: Well, it's uh, great to join you today. Look forward to the conversation.
0: You've been a, a former congressman, a federal official at the DEA, at Homeland Security, now governor of Arkansas, and you've drawn a lot of notice for your decision to not issue a stay-at-home order. How is that going in Arkansas?
1: It's going very well. I think we made the right decision, and every governor has to make a decision based upon the unique circumstances of their of their state. But uh, yes, I had a, enormous pressure from uh, the national media, uh, the national dialogue that everybody had to shelter in place, and I talked to our public health professionals, and I, I soon realized that we would be adding to the unemployment role hundreds of thousands of more people and we still wouldn't be making a significant difference in uh, the number of cases and the spread and so we targeted our approach we we did close uh bars and restaurants to in-service dining uh we uh you know closed some of the person-to-person businesses we targeted that we closed our schools but we didn't close every establishment Uh, but we did put guidelines in and we really emphasized the social distancing i set the example wearing masks and so uh, the result is that now all the national pressure is open up and so we have also resisted the pressure of doing it all at once we've had a phased in approach to reopening and the result is that i think that you can look at our statistics and we've done as well as anybody if not better uh, we worry about it every day, but, you know, our number of hospitalizations, uh, which they projected to be in the thousands, is less than 100 right now. Uh, and whenever you look at the number of cases, has beat the projection. Uh, the number of deaths has beat the projection. And so uh, I think we have managed it well and in the right way for Arkansas. Uh, we're, we're not taking it lightly and we'll continue to look at this very seriously and do what we need to do.
0: So that's your conclusion, Governor, that things are going well, but are your own health experts in Arkansas urging you at all privately to reconsider your decision?
1: No. No. The short answer is no. Dr. Smith uh, is an infectious disease expert. Uh, He's highly respected nationally. He's my uh, public health advisor, my secretary of health, and of course he has a team. And uh, I listen to them. We look at the data. Uh, and uh, he's fully supportive the direction we're going. We're not divided on this point at all.
0: When you say the national media and the national dialogue were pressuring you, what, what were the pressures inside of Arkansas? Uh, it's a conservative state, a state that doesn't love to have regulation. Uh, was that a factor as well?
1: Well, I mean, there's pressure both ways. I mean, there were those that uh, said, We've got a shelter in place. And so there was a lot of pressure internally in Arkansas, even in that regard. Part of it is because uh, they listen to the national dialogue and they see what's happening in New York. And it's a deep, deep concern. So you get that pressure. Uh, and yes, you get uh, you know the pressure now is more open up, open up more quickly. Uh, we during both of those occasions, did not listen to simply the public pressure, but we uh, tried to follow uh, the data for Arkansas and our public health experts and make good judgments. I mean, now uh, we didn't open everything up on May 4th. Uh, We phased it in, uh, you know, uh, May 11th, we opened up some things. May 18th, we're gonna open up a little bit more. And, uh, you know, we're looking at uh, summer camps down the road but we're doing it very carefully. And as we do it uh, piece by piece, we're able to look at the data as whether there's been a jump or there's been a spike, uh, what's the reason for it. And uh, that's the approach that we've taken. And uh, you know, the, the public pressure, I mean, people do listen to what's happening nationally and they draw conclusions from it. And so it's been a very transparent. That's been the most important thing that I've done is that every day, uh, I've met with the public, I've met with the media, I've answered questions, it's, uh, my uh, one thirty daily update is broadcast across the state, and people listen to it, they attune to it, and, and they respond to it very well, but, and sometimes we, we uh, might not have something perfectly, and they live through this with us, but that transparency has helped give us credibility.
0: Do you have any concerns about social distancing in Arkansas? There have been anecdotal reports that some people in your state are simply not following the guidelines or the recommendations.
1: Well, it is a concern. I think that we're doing as well or better than uh, some other states, actually. But uh, sure, I mean, people, when they have beautiful weather in a place like Arkansas, we've got our state parks, our national parks, and we've got beautiful trails and rivers. People like to get outside, and sometimes they lose focus on the, on the uh, social distancing. And then, you know, when people have been cooped up, uh, they want to get out, they want to shop. And most of our employers have set the per- a very good example where uh, they do the social distancing, the wearing of masks by their staff, but they also construct their store in a way that allows for social distancing. But this last weekend, yes, I saw some examples of stores in our state and elsewhere across the country where they did not follow the guidelines. They did not uh, socially distant as they should have. And, uh, you know, I raised the uh, profile on that. I raised the question. I make a few calls on it. So we all have to do better there because as you open up businesses, what's going to keep us from not regressing or having a resurgence is our adherence to these social uh, distancing guidelines. That's our hope for the future until we get the vaccine.
0: Where Arkansas is so critical for the nation's supply chain for meat. Where are your challenges right now on that front?
1: Well, first of all, we're meeting those challenges. We have over 60 uh, meat processing plants in Arkansas, from poultry to beef, Uh, to catfish and uh, and so those processing plants are important for our national international food supply chain but of those 60 processing plants in Arkansas none of them have been shut down because of COVID-19 and that's a tribute to uh, the hard work they're doing and screening employees in temperature checks and doing the social distancing within the plant itself and then if you have a positive case, tracing it quickly and uh, and, and rooting it out or, or isolating it so it doesn't extend from that. So we've been fortunate, and I think it's a tribute to uh, the companies that understand what's at stake for their own business, but also for the nation's supply chain. So we've been blessed in that area. Our Department of Health worked closely with them, but we have not had any uh, outbreak in terms of our processing facilities.
0: What is China's situation, and they're they're dealing with the pandemic? Meant for Arkansas and its economy, so much meat, obviously from Arkansas, goes abroad as well.
1: Well, it's uh, you know we we're, we're we produce more than we can consume, and so those markets globally is very important to us. From rice to soybeans, uh, to beef to poultry, and so because of the strained trading relationship but also because of of the coronavirus there in China and the restrictions uh, it has slowed down uh, those uh, international exports Uh, and that has hurt uh, our you know we have cattle that's in the field that uh, we can't sell uh, at the right price the prices are down Uh, but you know that's going to come back, and it's going to come back very quickly. The supply chain is going to even out. So it has been a hit to our farmers, our ag community, uh, but they're they're used to challenges, and they're working their way through it.
0: What do you need right now from the federal government, from Congress?
1: Uh, well, first of all, in terms of Congress, they what they've done in terms of supporting financially our small business people, the unemployed, the extra payment really working to get cash back in the economy very quickly. That has helped a great deal. And uh, so I applaud Congress for uh, their action on stimulating the economy and getting help financially to those families that need it. Uh, in terms of the supply chain, uh, you know, our need has always been in terms of testing, but I heard a little bit of Gov- governor Northrum and I'm like him that uh, we're making great progress there. Uh, at first, we couldn't get the uh, uh, we couldn't get the uh, uh, supplies, the swabs. We couldn't get the antigens that we needed for the uh, testing equipment that we had. Uh, but the federal government said, when you need it, you'll you'll get it. And they saw us that we were not a hot spot, and so they shifted a lot to the other states. But uh, in recent days, the supply chain has caught up, and so. We've been pledged 90,000 test kits uh, this month. We're starting to receive those, which will be more than sufficient to meet the goal of 2% of our population being tested. And that's the goal I set this month is 60,000 to be tested. Uh, We're marching toward that goal, and that's reliant upon that supply chain that comes from the commercial sector, but it's also uh, guided by CDC and thus far, uh, that's working. And so you asked me what we need. It is that consistent supply chain, consistent supply chain, because as you go into the fall, we've got to have that testing capability. Uh, we've got to have that consistent supply chain support in, or- in order to avoid a resurgence.
0: You've had an outbreak at a state prison How is that developing? And do you see yourself maybe encouraging more prisoners to be released in the coming days and weeks?
1: Well, we did have an outbreak uh, in Cummins' maximum security facility. And so uh, these are not inmates that you can just say, well, you ought to go home. They have to be incarcerated. And so, but we did, we really went the extra mile. We tested over 1,000 inmates. So uh, and you know, many of them were negative and uh, most of them were not symptomatic, but we wanted to make sure that we knew who was negative, who was positive, and we separated those. And we did uh, make sure we had room in the facilities for the isolation, for the separation that was necessary. The concern is also about the staff because they go back in the community. We tested the uh, staff, we've dealt with that issue. and so. I think in that prison system, they're starting to recover, uh, but we're on the guard at every moment because we have multiple prison facilities in Arkansas and we could have an outbreak at any time. Obviously, we're not allowing outside visitors, but staff continues to go in. And so that testing, uh, monitoring is very important. And so far, we haven't had any further outbreak. We've also had an outbreak in the federal prison. Uh, here in Arkansas and Forest City, which we don't have control over, but we still get to account for those cases. And so both the state prison and the federal prison outbreak has added to our caseload, uh, but they're being managed, and uh, we haven't seen that impact the community spread.
0: So clearly prisons are an area of concern. What's your strategy moving ahead with prisons, I mean, if there are possible outbreak hotspots in Arkansas?
1: Well, the first thing that we did was to... Uh, Release those that were uh, not sex offenders, that were not violent, uh, inmates that were were within six months of their release date. If they had a good parole plan, we've started to uh, work through the release of some of those. I think over 300 have been released. And what that does for us, it frees up some of our prison space so that we can, if if there's an outbreak in an area, it's easier to isolate, to separate. And so we've done that. And then secondly, uh, our Department of Health has worked very, very carefully uh, with our uh, Department of Corrections to make sure we've got the right uh, protocols health-wise in those other facilities.
0: What are you seeing in struggling communities, uh, particularly among African-Americans in Arkansas? What's the data tell you about how this virus, this pandemic is affecting
1: them? It is a higher proportion than uh, what is reflecting the population, so they are disproportionately impacted by COVID-19. Uh, there are going to have to be a lot of studies done as to why that's the case. Uh, obviously, some of the underlying uh, adverse health conditions that exist in uh, the population uh, does impact the outcomes as well. Uh, but we'll have. To, but one of the things I hope that we can do and we plan to do is to use some of the CARES Act funding for specific research and addressing some of the minority health needs, particularly with COVID-19. One of the things that we're doing this month in testing is that we're using our Minority Health Commission uh, and their mobile lab, we're equipping it for testing capacity to go into minority communities to make sure that we can do the testing necessary there. That will help give us uh, good information for planning on the future as well.
0: What's your plan for this fall for schools, for high school football in Arkansas? Uh,
1: Let's open up. Let's have school. Uh, That's the short answer. But uh, our university, uh, most of them have already announced that they intend to have classes as normal next year. We're working on a higher education uh, testing uh, protocol so that we can – have quick uh, response testing available uh, in our college environment uh, in terms of our uh, k-12 uh, we're planning on school as normal next year understanding that we're going to have uh, a potential of a resurgence we won't have a vaccine yet uh, but we've got to be able to plan for those type of normal life activities uh, with the understanding that we're going to have to respond quickly if we have Uh, potential for a resurgence or some positive cases and so there could be that uh, we'll start next year uh, K through 12 there might be a positive case in a school you've closed down for a week to make sure everybody's isolated cared for it's clean and then you restart so there'll be some of that potentially next year but we intend to uh, proceed I do have right now we have not made announcements on team sports and decisions on team sports for uh, midsummer and on into the fall. We hope to be able to do that uh, a little bit later this month. Governor,
0: Dr. Anthony Fauci is testifying right now before the Senate. I know you've spoken to him at least once. What is your relationship with the White House and the task force as you plan for your state and its reopening?
1: A close working relationship uh, with the uh, task force Uh, uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, we've talked to him on the phone with uh, Dr. Smith, my public health advisor. He's actually uh, uh, looked at what we're doing in the state and has applauded us. He's doing a good job. Uh, Dr. Birx, we've talked to as well. So they have been very important in terms of information flow, in terms of help with testing, uh, in terms of the infrastructure that we'll need in the future. Uh, You know, we had a great worry about... uh, uh, you know, having the ventilators that we needed. And uh, we, were half, we were going out on the open market to uh, buy those ventilators. Well, then we realized we actually had sufficient ventilators here, but the federal government said, if you need ventilators, we'll get you ventilators. And so it was just uh, a good partnership with them. In terms of the future, uh, you know, we wish uh, we need to get the vaccine. We were dependent upon them to accelerate that. Their use of the Defense Production Act has been very, very important, and that has enhanced uh, the uh, uh, testing availability that we have, as well as given us confidence that if we need ventilators, we'll have ventilators, even though I think that is uh, pretty much uh, by- passed us by at this point and that we're in good shape.
0: Just to finish up with the Initial question, and to think about the White House and the task force, the 15 days to stop the spread, many states having stay-at-home orders. Do you believe that many governors did too much? They moved too fast to institute stay-at-home orders.
1: You know, one, I, I don't. I wouldn't sink against any other governor. They, they had. Uh, I mean, look at New York. Look at California. You've got uh, density of population issues. So. You can't a against any governor, even though I know that uh, after it's all over with, we're gonna have a 9-11 type commission that will sink against every decision that we've made as governors and uh, at the uh, White House. And I look forward to that actually, because that kind of review is very important for us. Uh, but all I can say is I'm confident that we made the right decision and it's gonna allow us to restart our economy and re-engage that more quickly It's going to reduce those that uh, have been unemployed. Uh, I can cite example after example of company that's come to me and said, thanks for not shutting us down. Our people are still working, and it wouldn't have done any good for us. So I am very pleased with what we've done. Uh, Now, you know, it's not over with yet, and uh, we're fighting every day, the potential for a resurgence. But, you know, that's one thing we've got to do is I had a meeting today on our contract contact tracing, which we've got a good protocol in place, but I saw today we've got to elevate that even more as we go into the fall. That's the kind of effort that uh, we'll be doing here in Arkansas.
0: Just one quick final follow-up. You say it's not over yet and there could be a resurgence. Is a stay-at-home order still on the table for Arkansas in the future?
1: Well, everything would be on the table in the event that we had a resurgence. We would look at that, but I think based upon experience uh, and based upon our infrastructure that we have now, including contact tracing and testing, that, uh, that wouldn't be necessary. And that would not be the right step to go. It would really have to be a dire circumstance in order to go to a shelter in place uh, in Arkansas. Uh, I think we handle any, and I've told the Arkansas people that, you know, there's going to be an uptick. There will be some type of, uh, uh, you know, a a bounce up in some of the statistics. We're going to deal with that, but you have to understand it could be in a prison. It could be in a processing facility or an essential services, or it could be in a school. We will go in, we will carefully deal with that, avoid the spread, and that's why we can both keep our economy alive as well as fight the virus.
0: Governor Hutchinson, thank you very much for joining us at Washington Post Live this morning.
1: Enjoy the conversation. Look forward to another time. Thank you.
0: And thank you all for joining us this morning. We have a great lineup for the rest of the week at Washington Post Live. On Wednesday, Rhode Island's Governor Gina Raimondo and Mozilla CEO Mitchell Baker, they'll talk about technology, public health, contact tracing, That'll be with my colleague Francis Sellers, Francis Stead Sellers, great reporter. And on Thursday, the CEO of FedEx, Fred Smith, the founder of FedEx, he will join Washington Post Live to talk about the path forward for his businesses and uh, other businesses nationwide. And that'll be with the editorial pages uh, writer and editor Michael Duffy. You know him well. He's done other events for Washington Post Live. Just go to WashingtonPostLive.com. For a reminder, you can sign up for the live stream as we all work from home and, and do our best in these tough times. For now, stay safe. I'm Bob Costa and all the best.
1: Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com.